The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 427 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is discuss dementia home model of care and social community. Now, dementia is the medical name for the effects caused by various disorders of the brain. Common examples of these disorders include Alzheimer's disease, stroke, and severe head injury. Dementia's effects may cause people to be unable to think well enough to carry out daily activities, cause people to lose memory in important ways, cause people to have serious difficulties making decisions, cause people to lose their ability to solve even simple problems, cause people to lose their ability to control their emotions so they easily become agitated or aggressive and uh, may cause people to see things that are not there. Dementia associated with Alzheimer's disease is the cause of much worry. Worry for individuals as they age, worry for families of aging people, worry for healthcare systems serving aging populations, and worry for governments faced with alarming statistical predictions. All of which and more is why our topic, Discuss Dementia, Home Model of Care and Social Community, is so important for the mental health community and healthcare generally. Now, to discuss it, my guest is Dr. Itel Lord. Itel is the founding president of the International Caregivers Association. She holds a Master's of Education in Counseling from the University of Maine at Orono and a Doctorate of Management in Organizational Leadership from the University of Phoenix. She was president of the Maine Gerontological Society for two terms in the 90s. She's been a professor of organizational behavior at several universities. She's authored books, one called Alzheimer's and Dementia Coaching, Taking a Systems Approach to Creating an Alzheimer's Dementia-Friendly Healthcare Workforce. And another book is Natural Rhythm of Dementia, a Metaphysical Healing Experience Documenting the True Gift of dementia to humanity. She's married to Major Larry S. Potter, United States Air Force retired, diagnosed with vascular dementia in following his triple bypass surgery. Itel discusses her 15 years of experience as what she calls his PAC leader 
and she describes her recently revealed revolutionary family housing concept for dementia care. So, Itel, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, uh, Gordon. I'm very pleased to be here. Great. First question for you. Please tell us about the improvements you want to see in dementia care. Itel? Simply stated, I want better dementia care for everybody. And I want to, in order to, to get that, I believe we need to really develop and work at developing an Alzheimer's dementia-friendly healthcare workforce uh, so that everybody feels comfortable when they receive services, uh, that it is a universal standard of dementia care that everybody can, uh, can uh, use and apply. So it's not that difficult. I'm not asking for knowing everything uh, that you need to know about dementia, but that there is a certain basic universal standard I would like to see adopted. Right. Now, next question. Please tell us about the ways in which the Discus Dementia Home will help in bringing about the improvements you've just been talking about. Nitel? Yes. Well, um, the reason the Discus uh, Dementia Home is so special and uh, my vision of, of such a home is, is revolutionary is because uh, there's none in the world at the moment. And the distinction between such a home and let's say if we compared it to the Dementia Village in the Netherlands, uh, this home is a family life uh, facility where a family caregiver uh, can actually move in with the person with dementia and become a care partner in that whole uh, organization or, or community. So it, it literally will lower the cost of dementia care. It will improve the quality of life for everyone and certainly the quality of work because of the support that everybody would offer one another in such a community. Right. Now, it's a home. That is, it's a place where people live. So please describe to us the main features of the Discus Dementia Home. What are those main features? Well, the, mo the most basic one that everybody wants to know about is, of course, the facility itself for the uh, residents. And it's a series of apartments, whether it's two bedroom, one large bedroom, or what we call a bachelor type uh, apartment. Uh, so it depends on, on what people what kind of facility they're looking for, whether it's small or larger, whether they can afford a small or a larger one. Uh, it's a place also where uh, there would be an immense or very large courtyard where people could safely walk out and never get lost or never get hurt. Um, it would also offer fine dining, for example, with a true chef in a kitchen, but a kitchen that's open and visible to the uh, residents because one of the things that's really necessary with dementia is to bring in activities to them and not to uh, take them out to activities. It's too difficult. It becomes too difficult. So, for example, there might be, uh, not might be, there will definitely be a sensory uh, rooms, uh, multi-sensory rooms, and in each apartment, something to do with sensory uh, aspects of dementia as well. There'll be exercise rooms and therapy rooms exam rooms uh, for doctors to come in and training rooms. That'll be a combination. Of course, offices for the management of those of such a facility. Um, and 
other other aspects of it, I don't want to give all the details because, as you know, in a facility, uh, any housing project, uh, there are so many aspects to creating an atmosphere there that's a home-like atmosphere. But the greatest thing about the Discus uh, Dementia Home is uh, the the community itself. That's that's the main thing is that we can recreate a family life and family support so that um, those who feel isolated now uh, won't feel isolated anymore. Now, you use the word home life. Um, we often talk about that. Home life is important for us all as families. Important now more and more because it's a world in which family caregivers are more and more involved. Now, please tell us about home life. Please describe to us, in, in your vision of how this is going to be, please describe the home life. Ito? Yes. I'll use myself as an example because um, I'm, I'm there. I've, I've lived that and I know um, what I would like. If I moved in a, in a discus, uh, dementia home, I would want my own apartment. In my case, I would want two bedrooms. And uh, I would be able to, when I close my door to my apartment, uh, be able to be straight at home. I'd have what, what I like. Uh, but yet, if I need some help uh, with my husband or with myself, if I need some respite, uh, I would have that ability to leave my home knowing my husband was safe within that community. So it, it, there's nothing... Uh, I've never seen anything like it because I've seen um, assisted living, for example, with couples, with one of the, the couple being sick with dementia. And I noticed that the person being providing that care becomes very, very tired in the timeline that we have, the uh, caregiver fatigue timeline, which is less than five years. That person becomes extremely tired, aged and sick themselves. In a discuss, uh, dementia home, that would all be monitored and people would be actually encouraged to give up the caregiving at one point or another when it comes to that. And that services could, be, could come into that apartment to help that couple or other arrangements would be made. But it, the person, the caregiver would never feel so isolated and desperate as we feel now. And what happens now is if it, you get too tired, too fatigued, and too sick, uh, the person with dementia has to be placed somewhere else, perhaps in long-term care, which is extremely expensive, and you're breaking up the family. So the discuss, uh, dementia home, the vision I have is to never break that family unless they choose to be separated. Just talking about the breakup, not to be, not in any way to be negative about this, there the may come a time in the dementia of individuals where they really do need to be in long-term care. Um, do you see the discus dementia home actually increasing the time for someone who is deteriorating with dementia so that they can stay longer in the home and therefore with their family caregiver? That, yes, that's exactly the goal because it's it's way too short otherwise, and um, th this will be good for both both the person providing the care and the person, of course, who needs the care. That the family is so important, family life is so important, and that 
I say the cycle of life that they began years ago, some of them 60 years ago, can continue and they can complete it. Now, there is a chance, of course, that they end up in long-term care, but they would be extended, would still save an awful lot of money for uh, for governments and also insurance companies uh, because a discus, uh, dementia home is much like uh, an assisted living, except that it's a little bit more expensive with uh, the services and depending on who pays for those services, which we will discuss later on in the interview. Right. Perfectly fair. Now, we've reached the time um, for taking a short break. This is where I always say we have to pay the rent. So we're going to do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guest is Dr. Itel Lord. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on Voice America's Health and Wellness and Variety Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick-and-mortar locations or traditional bankers' hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Etel Lord. Our topic is Discuss Dementia Home model of care and social community. Now, Itel, let's talk about the ways in which the Discus Dementia Home model of care supports individuals who are living with dementia and their families 
and family caregivers. You've already mentioned several aspects of this, but I want us to go into more detail. So first question then, please tell us more about the ways in which the design of the discus dementia home supports individuals who are living with dementia. Itel? Well, the discus uh, dementia home is, is uh, carefully designed to be in a circular form. That's what discus, discus means is to be circular. Uh, because they, they can't get into a corner and get lost. And uh, this is what happens all the time. doesn't matter if they're in their own home. I've seen that myself firsthand. Uh, turning a corner, they wouldn't know which, which way to go. So in the discus, uh, dementia home, everything is circular where they need to keep moving in motion. And also, even the, 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 um, the large courtyard is also circular. Um, everything is circular in the home so that they're able to uh, easily move about without getting lost. The other thing is that in existing facilities now, the color and also the texture of the materials used in, uh, let's say, assisted living or nursing homes is not really designed for dementia. Uh, this is a very specialized area. Uh, there's been a lot of research done in that. So we know what materials and what colors and what activities need to be there to keep these people from getting totally bored, unhappy, and, uh, you know, not have a very good quality of life. So the Discus uh, home is designed, everything about it is designed so it's easy access. Nobody gets lost. Everybody gets trained as a care partner. Uh, staff and residents that are able bodies, everybody gets rewarded for what they do uh, to support that community. And it's truly a special, special uh, care social community. Now, let's move to this question, Ital, please. Please tell us who care partners are and how, how they're trained to support individuals who are living with dementia. Ital? Yes. Um, care partners are people that receive special training, a universal form of dementia care that uh, I have devised, and they get certified in that. So all staff definitely has to be that, including uh, people in the kitchen or the maintenance department. Also, anybody that, any resident that moves in there that's able to and willing to become a care partner, in other words, they'll cooperate and they'll help with their own per, um, loved one and also with perhaps somebody else, um, they become care partners. So there is a care partnership agreement program that is created just for that. And it's part of the larger interprofessional uh, team of doctors, nurses, certified uh, assistants or aides that may come into that facility, including social workers, dietitians, and all the family members. So um, it's, I see it as a larger interprofessional team, and I see the family caregivers being an active part of that team. In the center of that team, uh, there will be a certified Alzheimer's dementia coach assisting with and supporting everyone in that community. Let me just kind of put, it, put the question to you in a somewhat different way, and that is, am I to understanding correctly when I say that um, supposing I've got a relative and I'm the care partner or the family caregiver anyway for my relative 
Supposing, though, that I want to be, in effect, the family caregiver or care partner for somebody else and some other person and not just my relative, is that feasible in what you've just been describing? Itel? It is absolutely feasible to have a person that's not directly related but has been a caregiver to that individual who needs now to live in that uh, in that home. And also I see people, for example, it might be an elder person with uh, a, a son and a daughter that are retired that are providing care. They can move in as a couple as well, as long as they're caregivers. And they also agree to be um, to be care partners, to become care partners for the for that person or their loved ones if they're related that way. So that we want the family caregiver, whatever it is, whoever it is, and maybe a couple as well, to remain the primary caregiver to that loved one or that individual after uh, after they are accepted as a resident of the uh, facility. And we do not discriminate against a religion or a sex as well. It could be a, a homosexual couple that comes in and they take care of one, one takes care of the other. That's perfectly acceptable. We, we accept everyone. We don't want to make any, um, no discrimination of any sort. So I'm just going to put a, another point back to you. You know, I've been hammering away on the idea that family caregivers should be included in the circle of care or the healthcare team, if you like, the doctors, the nurses, social workers, and the rest of it. What you've actually done, you tell, is to bring family caregivers into the circle of care um, in the dementia home model of care. That's right, isn't it? It is. And I did that only after doing it myself because I wanted to know if it was possible yes. and I was able to do that. So I know it's possible. It improves everything. I'll tell you, it improves everything. Even the way doctor, I'm a, as you know, I'm a physician, even the way doctors behave, does it improve? Absolutely, because I was able to offer some real good information, even books to read. I was able to select the right doctor because it's not always the right doctor. And uh, so we formed like a team and we we're everybody's working towards uh, for the benefit of that person that's receiving the care, but also for the benefit of the team. So everybody is benefiting. Super. Now, another question. Please tell us, Itel, how the social and community support takes account of culture and language and religion of individuals who are living with dementia and of their families and of their family caregivers. Nitelle? Yes, um, for example, I said the design, the color, uh, even the, the courtyard, if it was in China or if it was in Australia or if it was in Canada, those three things would be different because they have to be really reflecting that culture. The food would have to be reflecting that culture. Um, if there's, uh, I just visited a home recently in Canada where um, most of the, the large, well, probably 95% of the population was Catholic and they were, uh, they had uh, a space there like a chapel, but they were also sensitive when I asked them, what about the other 5%? You can't discriminate. And they were immediately looking at that. 
and saying, you're right, we need to really pay attention to everybody's need here. So it, it would be according to the culture, um, and we want to know that there's the music, the um, activities, even the uh, multi-sensory room would all be will all be uh, through our research and, and development department would be authentic to this culture that the home is in. And we hope that uh, discuss uh, dementia homes will exist in every major country of the world. Now we're living at a time we're, we're talking now in January, 2016, where there's, a lot of concern about refugees, um, how how they come to us, how we help them, um, and what we have to do to make life supportable for them. Now, it's reasonable forecast that some of the relatives that come along with them will eventually, or if not eventually, then relatively soon, become potential dwellers in the home that we're talking about, the Discus Dementia home. What do you say to that, Hittel? Yes, and I, and I welcome that. Of course, uh, each person, hopefully, and that some will come in without, or may come in with a caregiver, but the caregiver may predecease them. That, that's, that's part of living, you know, living, living and dying. Uh, however, it is hoped that those immigrants that you're talking about, those refugees, uh, will have their own caregiver so that the language is important, uh, the culture is important, and it's still respected for those people. So the home would, would, uh, would facilitate that. I'm thinking of, for example, for in India, if we had a home like that, the, just the, uh, we look at sight, touch, taste, smell, sound, and movement, that you know you would you would know when you go into that home that you're in India you're not in Canada you're not in Australia so the the culture of these uh, immigrants of course we're hoping that they would have enough sufficient um, uh, family that is able to become care partners to truly meet their needs and we would be very concerned about that and it would be right to say, would it, that you as an organ, you as an individual and you as an organization are going to be learning yourselves from these diverse communities that are becoming or will become involved with you. Is that, a, am I correct in saying that? Well, we're very sensitive to that. Of course we are, and we're very interested in doing that. Uh, the International Caregivers Association is all over the world, so I've I've uh, contacted people from the Middle East uh, down to the United States. We just uh, work in every area. We see, we keep a pulse on all these uh, cultures and these areas in the world and how they're struggling with dementia care, how they look at it, how expensive it is right now, and how uh, very few people know how to handle all the needs of all the different people that uh, live with dementia. Right. And I'm just going to make one comment back to you before we go into the break, and that is dementia does respects no culture, no religion, no place of origin, no um, financial status, because it affects all human beings, as far as we know, and therefore bringing us all together in the way that you're doing is a very powerful way of moving forward. Now, we've 
reached the time for the break once more, so we'll take it now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Dr. Etel Lord. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on Voice America's Health and Wellness and Variety Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We will be back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick-and-mortar locations or traditional bankers' hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Tell Lord. Our topic is Discus Dementia Home, Model of Care and Social Community. Tell, let's talk more about the discus dementia home model of care and social community. So first question to you is, please explain care and social community and what those mean in the discus dementia home model for care. Tell? Well, the idea came to me, uh, Gordon, quite frankly, because I I looked at what we have and what's been existing for uh, many, many years. Uh, centuries now in in uh, in uh, medical the medical field and how we treat dementia and their family caregivers we treat them now from a medical rehab model if you go into a long-term care you'll see that uh, they're treated as though they were um, they were there for a very serious illness and uh, they also uh, have the rehab because they uh, they will do different things with those individuals to rehabilitate them as much as they can. 
So the medical rehab model is truly not a good fit for dementia care. I came to realize that from my own experience and from watching other people, hundreds of people go through the same uh, systems and programs. And so I said, instead of, uh, instead of for the medical rehab model, we truly need a care social model of care. And that's how it all came about because in the care social community, everybody is uh, pitching in to help to support that individual with dementia as it progresses because there are different uh, definite uh, progression steps in with dementia. And uh, in a care, in a discus uh, dementia home model, everyone that's a care partner is kept abreast of the changes and augments the training and applies that training under supervision, mentoring, and coaching. So it's a great system to think about where in the medical rehab model, there's no support whatsoever for the family caregiver. Now, Etel, please let's go into a little more about the factors that should be considered when a discus dementia home is suggested for a particular region. Because you've made the comment that you, <laughs> you're going to see this, your dream, your vision um, brought to life everywhere. Now, what about going to a particular region when people are saying, we want a discus dementia home, what are the factors that they should be considering and you should be considering? Itel? Yes, there's several important factors. By the time a person gets to be an elder person, they can have a multitude of serious conditions, as you know. We know for, from uh, research that in, uh, in assisted living, people go into assisted living with an average of five serious conditions. So it's no surprise that perhaps a person with dementia that's elder also may have other conditions. So it's important for a discus dementia home to be near a large hospital and even near a long-term care facility for that reason. And also the number of people in that area or region is important so that they can support such a, a large home because we believe it'll be a minimum of 50 apartments up to 250 or more apartments. So we're talking a fairly large number of occupants and residents in such a home. Also, the language and the cultural activities uh, for that region need to be considered. You know, we want to be certain that uh, this is integrated into the development of the project and applied by everyone. So those those the things that I just mentioned, and I'm not sure if you if you can come up with anything else, but cer certainly it has to be in a larger section. For example, I'm in Maine. Uh, Discus uh, Dementia Home right now is being explored for Bangor, Maine. Why? Because it's near Portland, it's near the northern part of Maine. And when a caregiver that lives there wants to take a respite, they can leave and actually have things to do, places to go and uh, really relax and come back recharged. Now, I'm just going to ask you a little bit more about this, what I'm going to call the geography. I'm getting the message from you that out there 
in the rural world, miles from anywhere, wouldn't be a very good idea. On the other hand, you do need, you've made this clear, nearby facilities like hospitals and uh, even long-term care. So that suggests that it's got to be in some kind of urban environment. So let me ask you the missing question. Would you see a discus dementia home being appropriate in the middle of, or close to the middle of, a large city, you tell? Yes, that would be a very good option, and within a big city also, but you just mentioned a rural area. We have a, an interest right here in Maine right now, as I speak, in a very small community, all French-speaking, and they're going to add to an existing facility, one of the discus uh, dementia home, with perhaps as many as 30 apartments, very small. However, it will fit there because it's a community that absolutely needs it. Uh, they can support it. But that's a, that's a small model of what we're talking about. But the larger ones, definitely near a metropolitan area or within the metropolitan area, just so that especially the caregivers are never, never bored, never feel isolated. And when they do take a respite, which is part of our program, uh, they have to have a certain um, amount of respite weekly and monthly. That means they can get out of there and do it and really feel refreshed when they come back. Now, I'm just really repeating back to you something that you said because it struck me as very important. In this relatively small area of French speakers that you were mentioning, that is a community. And you were able, you are able to fit into that community, a discussed dementia home, because it is a community and therefore the home becomes part of that community. Have I got that right? Yes, it's almost a natural fit for that community, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. okay. Now, next question. Please explain to us the costs and financial benefits of a discus dementia home. Itel? Well, I'm not sure what you mean by costs, um, but um, it's probably, <coughs> excuse me, no more than building uh, a long-term care facility. If you're talking about construction costs, uh, it might be a little bit higher because of all the special uh, things that go into a discus uh, dementia home. However, the, uh, for the residents, the financial benefits is that they already live in a community. They already either pay for a home, an apartment, a mortgage, or maintenance on that home. In the discussed dementia home, they don't have all that maintenance. That's all covered. What will cost money is the regular meal tickets, although each apartment will have a small kitchenette so they can have a small meal or, or coffee when they wish to do that. But we're really encouraging a community living environment. So we want people to come out and eat together. So that's a social activity. Now, also sorry, carry on. It also depends on the size of that apartment and the services that each family may need. Now, when I, my husband started to have his vascular dementia for the first five years at least, I was able to meet all, all of his needs easily. However, as it, gets, uh, as it progresses, the dementia progresses, then more services are needed. So that cost would be an additional cost. 
However, we know that uh, people have long-term care insurance. Uh, veterans uh, benefits may pay for that. Uh, state government in Maine, at least, has already informed me that they would support it uh, through Medicaid. Uh, so it's uh, there's different ways to pay for the person that's actually living with dementia. And then, of course, the, the caregiver who would also pay in the community needs to contribute to this home as well. Right. Now, still talking about costs and costs of building, um, how are you organizing yourselves from a financial perspective? Are you a charity? Are you a for-profit business? How's that going to work? Mattel? Well, uh, it's both. Uh, the International Caregivers Association is a 501c3, so a nonprofit. Um, and we know that there are um, developers that are already a step forward and want to get into this, uh, explore it further with a, an idea of uh, actually building those, uh, starting to build one of those homes. And uh, there's also uh, people that uh, may want to leave a legacy, so they want to donate, uh, or, you know, build a certain uh, amount of it uh, through donations. Uh, it's it's not that's not all clear yet because we're so new at it. Uh, however, the interest is there, and it's it's very very interesting to see that because I was not the only one that could see the suffering and what we can do about it. Now, the question then comes to me from what you've just been saying is very much a matter of the family caregiver and the individual being cared for of transferring their lives from where they were living before to the discus dementia home. Whilst the situation where they, the family that they're coming from still needs to live in the home that they occupied and it's a fairly large family, how, how would the costs work out under those circumstances? Um. If you could uh, rephrase that, because I'm not certain you're, you're, are you implying they're moving a whole family in there? No. Uh, what I was saying is that, um, you know, if you've got um, a family of six or seven or eight people living in, a in a, their own home and you're transferring out of their own home the a family caregiver or a family caregiver and an individual living with dementia, then uh, the home can't be sold the costs of running the home can't be totally allocated to paying for the bill at Discus Dementia Home. So what, what do you see very quickly as a solution to that challenge? Well, I'm not seeing this challenge as you see it, I'm sure. Uh, let me say something. When I was, uh, when my husband was at home, uh, and I believe that's still the average, is at least $20 an hour for people that I was hiring to come into my home. Um, and if I left for respite, that, you figure $20 an hour around the clock, that was very expensive. So I think expenses, you know, the um, if you have a, a family of seven, let's say, and one is has dementia, one is their primary caregiver, so it leaves five other people, uh, you're not telling me that one of these five people would come in also and be trained as a care partner. We are only taking one in this situation, the scenario you're giving me. Yes. That would be, hopefully the person with the dementia would have some either long-term care insurance to help defray the cost or uh, would uh, get some other subsidy from some of, something else. 
some other source and the person moving in, the caregiver from that family would have some responsibility as well to live in that apartment and have the meals and all the services. Right. You've answered the question. Thank you very much. That's very useful. Now, we've reached the time where we have to take the break again, so we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Dr. Itel Lord. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on Voice America's Health and Wellness and Variety channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick-and-mortar locations or traditional bankers' hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Tell Lord. Our topic is Discus Dementia Home Model of Care and Social Community. Itel, now let's talk about your work in creating the discus dementia homes in the wide vision you have. So where geographically are you now considering setting up discus dementia homes and how far along are you in these developments? Itel? Well, uh, I started in my own backyard, as they all often say, the, the you can, you can discover just about anything in your backyard. Uh, so I looked at Maine first, the state of Maine, which has the largest uh, elder population, growing population in the entire United States. And so uh, I looked at um, near myself, uh, where I am in northern Maine, 
and found this small facility, a private uh, facility who has three different facilities, but they want to really focus, use just one of those three facilities for dementia care. Uh, the other two would do, uh, would accept anyone. So dementia care, by the way, uh, in a discus dementia care home is uh, like a, a community of 55 and over where it's restricted to 55 and over. We're restricted to only dementia, people with dementia. So Maine was interested and then I crossed over to New Brunswick in Canada and uh, discussed it over there with a new project, new developers there, and they're interested. They've, they've already built a phase one. They have phase two and three. They want to use one of those two phases left for a discus dementia home. Very fascinated with the fact that families can move in because imagine what family caregivers can contribute to an entire community. They come with a lot of knowledge, energy, and talent. So we want to harvest that. That's never been harvested. And then Florida was interested as well. So we have people in Florida that are is a fairly large uh, developer of uh, housing development, and they're interested. So now we are. We can say we're all started at the same thing. So we're in the exploration stage uh, at the moment, and then we're going to go into detail and then uh, actual investment and building. Very exciting. Now, my next question is this. What types of developers or investors are you looking for and what help do you want from them? Can you tell? Well, the investors, uh, of course, we say investors uh, uh, who understand really the urgency of, and the need for, uh, for the discus uh, dementia home everywhere. So, uh, you know, we're even looking at the Middle East. I didn't mention that in your first part, but the Middle East is also interested in that. Um, and we want someone who wants to leave a legacy uh, for their family or for themselves. So they want to invest in that. Uh, <clears throat> we also look for developers who understand uh, the uh, firsthand that there's a problem uh, in mixing their residents that are maybe uh, they have no health issue or some health issue but don't have dementia issues. Uh, it's very difficult. There's a lot of conflict on a daily basis. Uh, for residents and also for staff when they mix dementia residents with non-dementia residents because they just don't understand one another. Very difficult. So it's a struggle daily. And also the workforce that we have now all throughout the United States or North America, and I, I understand everywhere else as well, is truly undertrained in dementia care. And so the problems they encounter um, is uh, draining the workforce and the turnover uh, is greater than it needs to be and very expensive. Any turnover is very expensive. Now, a different question, um, but it all comes back to the same thing. Itel, what's your message about dementia care for our listeners? What's the, in other words, what would you like them to think of um, as a result of what you've been saying. What's your message? You tell? Well, my message is simply that the increasing isolation, the frustration, the boredom, and the unhappiness of millions of families around the world, over 45 million families, can no longer be tolerated. We need to do something. So I think the time has come for all regions of the world to find solutions that meet the needs of the these families who struggle 
they struggle in silence many times, and also to reduce the the uh, financial burden on the healthcare budgets and uh, family budgets <clears throat> because of uh, dementia. Uh, the World Health Organization suggested in a in a recent article on dementia. They call it a public health priority. Dementia is a public health priority. So I say, let it begin with me. Let it begin with discuss dementia home concept of care and community living, where families live and support one another. Uh, they don't feel alone anymore. Staff doesn't feel alone anymore. They have the support of the family caregiver as an interprofessional inter uh, health care team. And... Uh, also, the workforce uh, would be better trained and uh, as care partners, which means when they leave a discus, uh, dementia home to go anywhere else, whether it's a hospital setting, whether it's a long-term care setting or assisted living, they'll be able to claim that certification and education and get more money for their work uh, because we know they're already uh, not paid very much for the excellent work that they do and a very hard work to do. And I want to remind everyone that the uh, International Caregivers Association, of which I am president, uh, for the entire year of 2016 is offering a free membership. We want everybody to join as much as possible. We want to increase the membership uh, total in the, in the ICA, the International Caregivers Association, so that together we can have a solid, strong movement to go towards this type of solution I'm suggesting now, the vision that I have of a discus dementia home in every community, every large community around the world. So just to put a leading question to you, um, what we're seeing in what you're doing and what we're hearing about, you tell, is that um, we are seeing the change from the medical rehab model to the dementia care community home designed by the Discus Dementia Homes Project. Is that a fair summary of what you would like me to understand, Vitell? Yes, it's a more appropriate model than the, than the medical rehab. It's a care social community model of living in the Discus uh, Dementia Home. And it's also just more appropriate. It's it's almost as if you were using a calculator to do your finances when, in fact, you can use the computer now that has wonderful forms that will put exactly the amount in the right column where it, where it needs to be so it minimizes mistakes. So I think the time has come to modernize the care of dementia because there is truly no visible cure for it. The only visible thing we see is a, is a growth by the minute as we speak, another diagnosis has been made. So in this hour, there's been 60 diagnoses made already. So we know this is increasing. Let's, let's meet the need of all these families and medical people that want to get involved and also the care, the people that love to care for people that uh, need this help and that includes the caregivers and the person living with dementia. We all need to work together in a larger interprofessional healthcare team under one roof, which is the Discus Dementia Home. Yeah, yeah. perfect. It's El, thank you. 
Um, thank you for sharing with us your vision, um, your understanding of the need for change and your plans to roll this idea, this concept, this new movement out in a way that communities are created. And for the sake of all of us, listeners, me, everybody else, let's wish you the very, very best of success. Thank you, Gordon. I appreciate that coming from you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to say thank you to our listeners. And I want to say to our listeners, if you've comments or you want to ask questions or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, here's the email address to use. It's docg at familycaregiversunite, all one word, dot org. That's an email that'll reach me. And if you want to put a question uh, to Etel, please do so and I'll pass it on to her. So please join us for our next episode, which is called Memory Lane Therapeutics for Dementia. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being right.